0: Hello, hello everybody. Merry Christmas. Pastor Wayne from Summit Church of Castle Rock here today. Getting ready to sing some Christmas carols. In fact, I'm going to light the Christmas candles here because this is the Advent season, the coming of Messiah. I have a whole teaching around the five phases of Messiah when he came the first time. And of course, uh, for our Jewish friends, you know that tonight is the fourth night of Hanukkah, so the, the menorah will be lit. with the helper candle and four other candles, but we wait for sunset for that. But we're going to be celebrating Christmas here today, talking about the five phases of Messiah and the five different times of his life. And so it's going to be an awesome time as we celebrate God's greatest gift, his one and only son, and uh, so anyway, love you guys. We're going to see you in just a few minutes. going to get your coffee, get your pen, get a Bible, grab a friend, share this link with a friend, let them know that church is about to start pretty soon. I'm on several platforms. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitch. So share this link with a friend and tell them that church is about to start. God bless you, and I'll see you in a few minutes. Good morning, everybody. I've made the studio all cozy. I got my fireplace going and my candles and we're gonna sing some Christmas music, but I'm gonna play a request. One of you requested this um, last week, so I'm gonna sing this one.
1: baby boy but someday walk on water Mary did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy is come to make you new the child that you deliver will soon your baby boy will give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels draw? It's the face of God. Our sons and daughters Did you know That your baby boy Has come to make you new This child that you delivered Would soon deliver you Mary, did you know That your baby boy Would give sight to the blind man your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels drive when you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God, sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect land? The sleeping child you're holding is the grave.
0: I love that song. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. And you know what? The reason why God sent his only son is because he loved us so much. I'm going to sing this song. It doesn't seem like a Christmas song at first, but when you think about it, it really is.
1: Before I spoke a word, you were singing, oh. so so good to me before i took a breath you breathed your life in me so so calm you have been so so calm deserve it.
0: walls and to shed
1: light in the darkness. Sing this with me. There's no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up,
0: coming after
1: me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't
0: light into this dark world Holy Spirit we welcome your light into this dark time Lord we thank you that you're not the author of confusion but you bring light you bring hope you bring peace where there is no peace you give us the ability to love and forgive so Holy Spirit come be with us today as we study the scripture and as we worship you and as we sing For all who might be watching right now who are struggling with depression or fear or anger or confusion, Father, right now I rebuke fear off of my friends. And God, we thank you that greater is he who lives in us than he who is in the world, that no weapon formed against us that will prosper. We are more than conquerors through you who love us. So Holy Spirit, bless everything we say and do here today. On this feed and this Christmas, Lord, as we get closer and closer to the day, I pray that we remember what it's all about. It's about You, and it's about You loving us so much that You You came and You died and You and You rose again. So, God, we love You. Listen to us now as we worship You more. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Let's sing, "O come all ye faithful." O oh, come all ye faithful.
1: Joyful and triumphant. Oh, sing all ye bright hosts of why this to believe why
0: I love it. I love Christmas time. I love these songs. We, we only we only sing them a, a couple different months of the year. Really, about six weeks out of the year. I'm gonna read the one year Bible uh, for today. I'm sure Tim, you got it locked and loaded there on your one year Bible. I pulled it up here, and man, it's cozy, isn't this cozy? Right down here in the studio with my candles and my fake fireplace. But uh, let's look here for December the 13th. In the one-year Bible, the highlighted verse in the one-year today is Revelation. We're finally in the book of Revelation because we're nearing the end of the one-year Bible. In the book of Revelation, John's Revelation is at the very, very end. But this is Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And this is John um, and uh, speaking of the vision that he saw with the 24 elders around the throne of God. He says, you are worthy O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for all, you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Blessing and honor and glory and power, wisdom, dominion, strength, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have a God who's bigger than all the world issues, he's bigger than politics, He's bigger than confusion. He's bigger than fear. He's uh, bigger than lockdowns. He's bigger than any kind of struggle that we're facing. He's bigger than COVID-19. Jesus is just bigger. He's just bigger. So, Father, we exalt you for being bigger. We worship you and not our problems. We, We have made the decision not to worship our fears, but to worship in faith, knowing that you are our God. And you're worthy of everything that we can ascribe to you. So Lord, we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing a couple just regular worship songs here too.
1: (sighs) You give life. You are love give light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Sing that again with me. You give life. You are love. You give life. You are love. You bring light can as you give hope, you restore every heart. darkness. You give hope. Yes, you do. You restore every heart. We'll cry JOHN Come, Holy Spirit, come Light of the world You step down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely. All together worthy.
0: All together wonderful to me. God, we thank you that you are the light that came down. As we light the Advent candles, as we light the menorah at Hanukkah, Father, we thank you that the light came into the world. We welcome your light, Lord. We welcome your light into our lives. We welcome your light into our homes, to our marriages, and with our children, into our workplaces, Father, and to our nation. We welcome you. Light of the world, come. Shine your light. Just as we reflect on this fire behind me, as we think about how the light lights up the darkness, a candle shines brightest in the darkest room. Help us to be your candles lit for the world to see your light. God we thank you, we worship you, we praise you God. We we already feel your presence on this feed here in this service here today in Jesus name. Amen. 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 That's right. Great and mighty, almighty and worthy of our praise. That's right, Kim. Hey, so let's let's do this. Let's do a little gratitude exercise. We have got the gratitude here somewhere. It's time to, to spread a little Christmas cheer. You yeah, have do you have five things that you just would say are great gifts from God that you're grateful for this ho- this holiday season, this Christmas season? Will you just maybe put it there in the comment section below? What's something right now that you're just really thanking God for that's a wonderful gift? Let's come up with five things before we get into the Word here today. I was able to do some bell ringing with Salvation Army. That was pretty awesome in the last, uh, last week or two. And... You know it's so neat to see people come and go, and and that spirit of generosity, it's it's just contagious. When one what I find is that when one person starts to give, other people want to give, and it's like, oh, that sounds like fun. Actually, giving is kind of fun, and it's it's a wonderful thing when giving when giving overflows out of the abundance of our heart, right? Yeah. What are five things for healing? For snow? Yes. For the moisture. Yep, for our spouses and our children. Yep, yep. Thanking God for his healing hand, for his power. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this technology that we're even though we're on lockdowns and unable to meet at the school, we can still have church this way. It's not my favorite way to have it, but we can still do it this way. Anything else? God's peace, amen. That's right, that's right. God is so good. He is so incredibly good to us. So thankful. Yeah, I watched uh, a live lighting of the menorah at the Western Wall in Jerusalem early this morning. Of course, it's nighttime in Jerusalem right now. So the rabbis were lighting uh, the menorah for the fourth night of Hanukkah. And uh, if you don't know the story of Hanukkah, it's the, it's the story of the Maccabees who defended the temple. And they had, they had uh, oil in their lamps that did not run out. And God provided for them. Meredith says, for Jesus, family, good health, peace, that passes understanding and love. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff there. So thank you so much for tuning in to online church today. Hopefully we'll be able to have in-person church sooner than later. But uh, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. So I want to encourage you. Hey, be, do be faithful with tithes and offerings. You know, tithes and offerings are not about the church needing it. It's about being faithful. And about the spirit of giving. Because when when you release your hand to give, God can pour into your hand. And um, when we're stingy, the Bible says the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And that's what we feel and that's what we sense around the holiday season, right? When we feel that generosity, when we, when we pour out, we find that we get more out of it. Even though we've given, maybe given an extravagant gift, we find we get more blessings in return. Like the Bible says, it's more blessed, blessed, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So if you want to support the ministry or you just want to be uh, stretching that giving muscle, you can do it here with Summit Church. Um, Go online to mysummitchurch.com, click the online giving link, or uh, you can give by text by texting this number. If you open your speech bubble and go 303-625-9434 and text the amount of your gift, you can give that way. Um, of course, you can snail mail <laughs> your your offering to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. And uh, hey, we're going to transition here into the Word. So grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab some way to take notes. Yes, uh, Shelly says, the family of God. We're so thankful for the family of God. Good morning, Mom. I see there you there you are. Yes, she's thankful for healing, for the love of God, the love of family, eternal perspective in the midst of uncertainty, opportunity to encourage and bless others. Yes, hey Bruce, good to see you. I'm praying for um, a second cousin of mine who's heading for special cancer treatment in California today. His name is Justin, if you'll be lifting up uh, Justin um, before the Lord today, I really would appreciate that. We're, hes It's sort of a complicated set of circumstances, and yet we believe that God is a healer. So again, share this, share this link with a friend. Let them know that the sermon's about to start. I'm going to get my Bible together, get all my notes in place, switch from music mode into preaching mode here, and let's get into it. Um, sharing a message that I have titled... The five phases of Messiah. Five phases of Messiah. So um, Jesus, of course, we Christians, we believe that Jesus is the, the fulfillment of the, all the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. We've studied the, the, we've studied the um, major prophets. we studied the minor prophets. And now today we're going to be encapsulating the Gospels. And then next week, we're going to talk about the church age. And the following week, we're going to talk about the book of Revelation. And then we get into January, and we're going to start a a year-long study of the New Testament. So you guys have seen my little chart here before, where the advent, the star of Bethlehem, right? The coming. In fact, I posted on my Facebook earlier today, you know there's a convergence of Saturn and Jupiter? Some people think that that same convergence was happening around the time when the wise men were following the star uh, to find Christ at Bethlehem. But anyway, the Advent, the the way, the teachings, and miracles of Jesus, the cross, crucifixion, and the resurrection, that's kind of what we're going to focus in on today, the five phases of Christ's life and ministry. If you wanted to summarize... The five phases of Messiah, it's the advent, the coming, the teachings of Christ, the miracles of Christ, the passion of Christ, which is his, his death on the cross on, on behalf of the sins of the world, and the resurrection of Christ. And of course, there's another phase that's coming, it's the return, right? We believe that the Messiah is going to return, he's going to establish his kingdom and, and rule and reign and, and on his throne in the new Jerusalem. And there's going to be a new temple, a new heaven, and a new earth. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things will become new. The kingdoms of their Lord will, will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever and ever. And isn't that going to be a great day? Well, that day may be coming sooner than we think. But we're we're grateful that he's going to come to, to rapture his church. And we believe that is coming very soon. And once the rapture of the church... Uh, happens, we are the restraining force uh, of e- from evil in the world, and once the, we, the restrainer is gone, uh, the Antichrist will be revealed, and then we're going to see literally all hell break loose on earth, and it's going to get a little scary down here, but thankfully we'll, those of us who are believers, we're going to be in heaven, and we'll be able to watch it from the, from the grandstands, but uh, we're looking for Christ's soon return. So let's get into the five phases of Messiah. The first phase is Advent. And um, with your permission, I'm (laughs) going to turn on the overhead light in the studio so I can read my Bible. Because it's a little dark in here. Okay. So glad you're joining me today for Bible study and worship. Good to have you guys streaming. And I know a lot of you will be watching later as this streams across five different other platforms as well. But the Advent... This is the passage that my father would always read around the Christmas tree every year, but we're going to actually study it a little bit here today. This is Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At this time, at the time that the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire, this was the first census was taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, and was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Because there was no lodging available for them. And then shepherds and angels. At night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their, their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of, of the Lord uh, terrified them. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good, no, good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined with a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth, to who, on whom the Lord is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has hap- th- th- which has happened, which the Lord has told us about." Yeah, I would go too, right? If I got a little uh, signpost in the sky and someone says, "Hey, uh, up there in Broomfield, <laughs> there's amazing things," hop in the car, Messiah's up there. I would go. I would go check it out, right? And so the, the shepherds were quick to go check out the coming of Messiah. For each of these points, I'm going to give you an application. How do you apply this to your life? The advent, the coming of Christ. I would say this. For you personally, in Christmas season right now, let him come. Let him come in. Let Jesus be a part of your Christmas. Let Christ be Christmas. You know, that's how we get the word Christmas is Christ Mass. The Christ Mass, the service of Christ, the, the worshiping time of Christ, Christ Mass. To make a make a space of worship in your heart for Christ. Let Jesus take first place in your life, in your heart. So that's the Advent. The Advent. Next, let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. We're going to talk about the teachings of Christ. Talk about the Advent, now talking about the teachings. Jesus, of course, was raised in a little town called Nazareth. I've been to Israel a couple times now and Nazareth is just a little town. It's just a little like a little four-way stop on the on the way to Galilee. It's just a little like a little uh, town near near a lake. And this is a place where Jesus uh, did his first miracle. He turned the water into wine at Cana of Galilee, not far from Nazareth. It's just where he grew up. It's probably where Joseph had his carpenter shop, his repair shop, his, his building material shop, whatever he did. Some people think that Joseph may have actually been repairing ships near the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And that could be. Um, and, and some people think that maybe Jesus met Peter when he was repairing one of the fishing boats. We don't know, but it could be. But Jesus is in Nazareth, and he goes to the synagogue. And he reveals the fact that God has tapped him as the Messiah. And that, that Jesus didn't claim himself to be Messiah. He was, he was born into this world. He was revealed by God as his incarnate son. And this is Luke chapter 4. And he goes to the, you get the picture, he goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath and he grabs the scroll of Isaiah. And as he's reading, he put, puts the tallit over his head. And he says this. He starts to read from the scroll. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. And he rolled up the scroll and he handed it back to the attendant. And he sat down, and all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, right, as you would. And then he began to speak. He says, The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled in your hearing this day. Jesus is saying, I'm the one that the scripture is talking about. <laughs> I'm here. Isaiah saw me, and now here I am. I've been revealed. And so he begins to teach. He begins to preach the, the gospel of the kingdom. The good news to the poor, sight to the blind, uh, deaf ears open, the dead are raised. Jesus begins to teach about the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 5, the, the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are you know, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He talks about what the kingdom of God is like and what God is like. And that's where we get the, the whole Our Father teaching. Is that, you know, when before Jesus came, God was not seen as a father. God was seen as this impersonal force or a judge who was just coming and ready to bring the hammer down and judge you and punish you. Jesus said, God's not like that. God is a loving heavenly father. When you pray, you ought to pray like this. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. He says, God is not who you think he is. He's much better than you think he is. He's much more loving than you think he is. He's a good, good father. He loves you so very much. He wants you to draw near to him. Does he want to deal with your sin? Of course. But he's already made provision for sin. That's what the cross is all about. So we 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 look at the the advent. We look at the teachings, and then the works of Christ. Let's look at uh, let's look at um, the verses in John ten thirty six. And here's what here's what it says. He's talking about the works that he works. He does the works of, of the one who sent him. In John ten thirty six, he says so. It's written in your own scriptures that God said certain leaders, uh, some people have a problem with Jesus being God, and even proclaiming to be God. He says, but He said, why do you call it blasphemy when I say that I am the Son of God? After all, the Father sent me apart, set me apart, and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do His work, believe in the evidence of the miracles that, that I've done. Or even if you don't believe me. Then you will understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Jesus said, believe the works that you've seen. Believe the words that I've said. These words that I'm speaking, the words of life and truth and peace. And so, what I would say is you need to welcome the teachings of Christ. Have a teachable spirit. A lot of people go, I'll do whatever I want. Well, let's, let's see how that goes for you. Don't you think God loves you more than you love yourself? He knows the end from the beginning. Don't you think that if he was going to teach you that you might want to listen to what he has to say? To have a, a willing heart to obey? I, I think so. And that's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And so it's not about bringing a hammer down. It's about saying, God, I welcome you. I welcome your teaching. I welcome your truth. I want to follow what you've said and what you've done, what you're doing in my life. So we have to let Christ begin and continue the work that he's begun in us through the teachings and through the miracles. Let's look at look, look, at, look at John twelve twenty-three. Twelve twenty-three. So we talked about the Advent. We talked about the, the teachings. We talked about the miracles. And now we're going to talk about the Passion, the Passion Week. Have you ever seen The Passion of the Christ with uh, Mel Gibson? It's a powerful movie. They actually recorded the whole thing. In the original language, Jesus spoke most of the time, he spoke Aramaic. And the whole movie is recorded in Aramaic. And uh, the acting is incredible. It's just a very, very good movie. The Passion Week is about him coming into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, um, the betrayal of Jesus, the Last Supper, and then finally the crucifixion on the cross, where Jesus says, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but one day you will understand why I'm doing the works that I'm doing. The passion of the Christ, the the cross is the hinge of history. Without the cross, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. We have to have the cross in order to have our sins forgiven. Some people think, well, I'd rather pay for my own sins. (laughs) Well, Well, I don't think you would, especially when God's already paid the bill. He's already paid the way. If you'll just say, okay, God, I receive what you've done. That's what the cross is all about. Jesus explains this, what his work was all about in John chapter 12, verse 23. He says, now the time has come for the son of man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. And then a voice spoke from heaven, saying, I have already brought glory to my name, and I will do so again. And when the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus told them, The voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging the world has come. When Satan and the ruler of this world will be cast out, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Jesus said, The work that I am going to do is the most important work of all human history. The cross is the most important work anyone has ever done. And through that one work, through that one sacrifice, that perfect sacrifice on the cross, once for all time, Christ has paid for sin, and he's made a way to be reconciled to God, and to have God as our Heavenly Father. That's pretty amazing. That's really good news. That's what we call the gospel. And I want to I bring us to the best part of the story. We have the Advent. We have the teachings. We have the miracles we have the crucifixion, the passion, right? And finally, our favorite part, and I say this every holiday season, everyone knows that Christmas leads to Easter. In fact, without, without Christmas, you don't have Easter. Without Christ coming, there is no Easter week. There is no death on the cross. There is no resurrection. You can't have a resurrection without a death. So Jesus dies a horrible death in our place. He takes upon himself your sins and my sins, dies for the sins of the world. And then he proves that he has the power over death through his own resurrection. And let's look at John chapter 20. This is my favorite part. We normally read this every Easter. Um, The women come to the tomb looking for the body of Jesus. They can't find him. And let's pick it up here in John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. and We don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb and they were both running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first he stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there and he didn't go in and then Simon Peter arrived and went inside and he noticed the linen wrappings were lying there while the cloth was, that had covered Jesus's head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings and then the disciples who had reached the the other disciple reached the tomb first and this is John speaking about himself i ran the race and i beat peter to the to the tomb it says he saw and believed for until they st- until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus said that that he must rise from the dead. And then they went home. And then Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. And they turned to leave. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there, and it was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? And she thought it was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go get him. Mary. (laughs) Jesus said. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is the Hebrew word for teacher. And Jesus says, don't cling to me, for I have yet to ascend to my father. Go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them this message. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins they are forgiven if you do not forgive them they are not forgiven and this goes on and Jesus appears to Thomas Thomas doesn't believe until he actually sees the Lord face to face and he says he says so again he's they're meeting again he says peace be with you then he says to Thomas put your finger here look at my hands put your hand in the wound in my side don't be faithless any longer believe My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And Jesus told him, You believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And then he talks about the purpose of the book. John, as he's writing the gospel, he says, The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. What is that word, Messiah? It's the Savior. It's the anointed one in his anointing. Christ is the one that was predicted by Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and all the minor prophets, (laughs) right, all the major prophets. The writings of old, even into Genesis, where we see a serpent will bruise his, heel, bruise his heel, but he will crush his head. There have been so many messianic prophecies, and Christ has fulfilled many of them. And when he returns, when he comes for his church, and then when he comes the second time to establish his rule and reign, he's going to fulfill the rest of them. And then we're going to see what the world is like when it's under new management, when, it, when, it's, when it's under the lordship of the king of kings and the lord of lords, the prince of peace. This brings me near the end. We've talked about the advent. We've talked about the teachings, the miracles. We've talked about the passion and the resurrection. And where's Jesus now? Jesus is not in a tomb somewhere. He's not buried and dead. He's alive. He sits at the right hand of God making intercession for you and I. How did he get there? Well, let's look at Acts chapter 1, the ascension of Christ. And then we're we're going to be talking about his his, uh, return for the church, the catching away, and then the second coming of Christ in the coming weeks. But let's look at Acts chapter 1. So um, Luke, the same one who wrote the Gospel of Luke, is writing here in Acts. And he says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the birth of the church in the coming weeks. And the birth of the church would not have happened and would not continue without the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had to go away so the Holy Spirit could come. And so looking here at Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the ascension of Jesus, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept on asking, Lord, has the time come now for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses telling everyone, uh, everywhere about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up "...into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained their eyes to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven, just in the same way that you saw him go." Jesus is going to come again. He's going to return And it's been a long time. And a lot of people go, oh, is he ever going to come? He is going to come. And he's not slow in keeping his promise. He is patient. He's wanting everyone to come to repentance. He's trying to give all of humanity a chance to repent and say, okay, God, I'm tired of doing it my way. I surrender to you. That's what the gospel is about. That's why Jesus has taken 2020 years or so before returning but I do believe we're nearing the time of the catching of the way of the church and then the man of sin and then the second coming. We're getting very, very close to these end, end time things that Daniel talked about, that John the Revelator talked about. I'm going to land it there today, but I want to just encourage you and remind you of the gospel. You see, God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. And sins can't be paid for by doing good deeds. You can't just, you know, work really hard or try to be a good person. No, nope, that's not going to cut it with God. Paying the price for our sin, Jesus died and rose again. So everyone, anyone who put their trust in Christ can have eternal life. And it begins the moment you say yes to Jesus and you let him in. And you say, I'm going to follow you and make you the Lord of my life. That eternal life begins the moment you say yes and lasts for all eternity. You, once you say yes to him, you're adopted into his family. He begins to give you a new nature. He takes your heart of stone and turns into a heart of flesh. He begins to renew your mind. He says he begins to convict you of sin. You're like, man, I, maybe I should start reading my Bible. Maybe I should start going to church a little bit. Maybe I should start um, letting him have his way. Start doing life the way God says to do it. Yeah, maybe you should. You know, that would be the best Christmas gift that you could give to yourself and to God, to Jesus, probably to the people around you, is committing your life to Christ. It's honestly how many people are able to live an overcoming life. Many many people can only stay sober or to walk in holiness and righteousness once they've committed their lives to Christ and invited the Holy Spirit to come in. I hope that you'll do that today. If you've never done it before, if you're ready to do it right now, would you just pray a simple prayer with me? I call it STP sorry, thank you, please. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I know that my sin separates me from you. Thank you for dying in my place and taking my sin upon yourself. I believe you died on the cross. And that you rose again according to the scriptures. Please come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now that's a powerful prayer. It's the most important prayer a person can pray. Starting the relationship with God. And um, it's honestly the best Christmas gift you, you could ever give to someone and receive from God. And if you begin to walk with God, he'll begin to renew you. You'll begin to renew your mind. You'll begin to change your appetites. You'll begin to, it, some, some of the things in your life will start to make sense. It's not like life will be, become perfect, but it's certainly going to improve because you've decided to turn your life over to God's care and His control. I'm so glad you joined me here today. I, I, I love the scriptures. I love Christmas songs. I love Christmas time. It's a very Christmassy kind of thing going on here today. And uh, as I said, I think we're wrap up 2020. We're probably going to be just stuck with online services uh, for a little while until the lockdowns here in Colorado can lift and until we can find a facility that would, would host us. Um, but God has a plan for our church, and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to trust him, as I'm sure you are as well. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you, lift his countenance upon you, and give you his peace. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Have a wonderful week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Stay tuned here if you want some more information about the ministry. And I'll talk to you, many of you online here in the coming week or two. God bless. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hanson. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434, and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.